Hello, Pan-Africanists. Thank you again. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Pan-African Review podcast. And by the way, do not forget to subscribe to get the Pan-African Review magazine or to get the online version. It is so easy. Just head over to the Pan-African Review social media channels for more information. Today's episode will be focusing on a very important and very interesting infrastructure for Africa. It is a cross-border financial market infrastructure structure that enables payment transactions across Africa. That is the Pan-African Payment Settlement System, PAPS. We'll be speaking with the CEO of PAPS and that is Mike Obalu. Mike is an engineer by training, but he spent most of his time working in financial services and technology with banks and eventually started working in payment systems. A warm welcome to you all. I am your host, Ginty. Thank you so much, Mike, for joining me for this call. It's really, really nice to get to speak to experts like you, for all the the African people to get to hear about these amazing products that are from the African continent. And it's really nice to have you. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much for having me. It's always an honor to, um, you know, discuss PAPS, discuss our continent and really our continent can be transformed and and i'm hoping that you join the voices that will help us to and to bring as many people on board the vision to transform africa so once again thank you absolutely absolutely that's why i'm here so first thing first um, i'd really like to hear you i've read about paps quite a lot but i'd like to hear you talk about paps how does such an idea start to the level that it becomes the institution that it is. Take us through the journey until where we are right now. Okay, thanks. And I think uh, going through the journey, we'll have to go way back uh, because um, um, some of our forebears, some of the founding fathers of uh, the key Pan-African institutions actually envisaged that at some point we would need an infrastructure that would drive payments. And so from when Afrexin Bank was being uh, conceived, they enshrined in the establishment agreement that Afrexin Bank is empowered to put in place a a Pan-African payment infrastructure that will support intra-Africa trade. So the journey started quite a while back But then um, if you look at the continent, we're looking at 54, 55 uh, uh, countries, territories, and uh, each of these countries have defined how they will trade. They've set rules for trading amongst themselves. They've set, uh, they have an acceptable legal tender or money that is acceptable in their markets and therefore they are able to trade, but it's all in small, small silos. Now, uh, the continent realized that, yes, it has 1.2, 1.3 billion uh, individuals, but each of these individuals are in small, small entities, and it doesn't have the power to be able to negotiate as a collective. And the continent decides that, okay, we are going to put in place the African Continental Free Trade Agreement, which has been signed and ratified by a significant number of African countries. 
And it came into force, of course, when uh, uh, the 27th uh, country uh, ratified. Now, having come into place, it has set standards that will guide trading on a Pan-African basis. But trading without dealing with payments doesn't work. Yeah. And so working with uh, uh, after a Frexin Bank and with the support of the AU, perhaps was conceived such that goods and services can be paid for originating in local currencies, okay, uh, such that uh, people can, I can spend Egyptian pounds where I am here to pay for goods and services, say in uh, Kenya, and uh, the seller will receive it in Kenyan shillings, and that those transactions can be instant, okay, and it will not need to depend on all those corresponding banking relationships. Now, once we are able to deal with the subject of payments, then you find that it will have an accelerating effect on uh, trade. Because today, people spend three, four, five, six days trying yeah. to confirm payments when uh, payments can actually happen instantly and therefore leaving the business people more time to focus on their business. So that's what PAPS is trying to do. You will find that innovation can actually be unleashed on the continent. So people developing all manner of solutions uh, around payments will no longer see 1 million people uh, in their own countries as their market. They begin to see 1.2, 1.3 billion Africans as their potential markets. Yeah, you know? And payments now doesn't need to travel uh, from the African continent to somewhere like New York or the UK. Before coming back, 80% of our trade payments today on the continent, over 80%, has to travel somewhere outside of the continent before coming back. And of course, that results in overpriced uh, service, you know, and these are all losses to the continent. Who would you say is the, what you would call the primary target audience for PAPS? Okay, fantastic. Actually, it, it should support every African uh, who uh, who does business uh, um, across uh, the many borders that divide us. So, for example, um, what we've built is an ecosystem that comprises of an instant payment system, okay, and that has the ability to clear and settle transactions in local currencies. And then we've built in some operations, some system support, a dispute management mechanism and some governance organs that will ensure that this system continues to operate, you know, within uh, strict uh, governance because it's a financial market infrastructure. Therefore, the governance of it is very critical. Now, our first set of uh, people that we connect this core system that we built is the central banks. We connect into the different central banks. Today, we've connected into six central banks in West Africa, which is where we started our pilots. And these are Nigeria, Ghana, Gambia, uh, Sierra Leone, and Liberia, and Guinea. So the six of them. So we've connected directly into the central banks, and the central banks form part of the core settlement infrastructure. So my first uh, beneficiaries are the central banks who are now able to, uh, 
you know, connect in and to be able to settle transactions on behalf of their country. The second set of uh, uh, participants that we go after are the commercial banks. Remember that when people want to do transactions, they don't go to their central banks to do transactions. Yeah. They walk into their commercial banks or their commercial banks extend services to them using channels, maybe mobile, internet, or the ATMs, point of sale devices, or internet banking and so on. So we are connecting, today we are connecting 15 of the largest banks on the continent onto this infrastructure. But of course, we need more commercial banks to join, okay? Then after that, we connect, there are other smaller uh, payment service providers, uh, mobile money providers, uh, even uh, stock exchanges who would require to open up their markets to other countries so that people can, there will be free flow of capital. So those ones can also be layered on top of, uh, of, uh, of these participants. And then on top of that, we are hoping that different people will begin to create solutions around remittances, around uh, invoicing, around uh, you know, escrow services, and so on and so forth, which would sit on top of all these uh, participants that we have already onboarded. Eventually, it should touch the lives, whether you're a shoemaker uh, sitting somewhere in Aba, in Nigeria, you know, begin to see, uh, and today you worry about, even if I sell shoes to someone in, say, Sudan, how would that person pay me? So PAPS is going to be answering those questions, okay? Yeah. Uh, the local rice producer, in somewhere maybe in the Gambia or a rubber producer somewhere in Malawi begins to now see that he has a market that is able to pay him, okay, for whatever it is that he's producing. It's a trickle-down kind of um, effect because you have the primary beneficiaries, but who are supposed to serve the mass at the end of the day, the Africans. And this begs um, a question about the general financial literacy of the African people. I mean, this is definitely aside what you do, but recently, for example, um, I live between Kigali and Nairobi and I wanted to buy a flight ticket from Rwanda, uh, from Nairobi going to Kigali. And I guess because of the, the IP address, I could only get the price in USD and in Kenyan shillings. So I remember spending 15 minutes wondering which currency should I use to make sure that I don't get to pay a lot of money. And I feel like those are some of the tips we should get, the kind of information we should have, or at least know that there are platforms which are supposed to help us get the most out of, of the transactions we make. What do you think about that? So, yeah, uh, and again, it's interesting that you mentioned the airline, uh, airline example. And again, we can spend the whole day talking about so many use cases that can uh, apply on the PAPS, uh, PAPS platform. Now, the airlines, the biggest challenge that they have in each of the countries where they operate is actually how to get their money out. Okay, so for example, a Kenyan Airways, you know, selling tickets in Nigerian Naira, in, in Nigeria, and he wants 
He is happy to receive his money in Kenya shillings. That's his home currency. And Kenya Airways shouldn't worry about how to get his money in Kenya shillings because perhaps is going to deliver the money for him in Kenya shillings. What now that to do is that in the home, in the country where you are present, they don't now need to start worrying about how to source FX, you know, uh, to be able to do that transaction. You shouldn't even worry about sourcing of FX to be able to do the, that transaction. You should pay in the currency that you have, okay, which is your local currency. If you were in Kenya, pay in uh, Kenyan shillings, and it will, it will ease stress for the consumers. It will ease stress for the airlines. It will ease stress for the, for the central banks who will now no longer be looking for FX to support those transactions when the transactions can happen in their individual local currencies. PAPS is actually a game changer. People talk about a lot of silver bullets. I don't see PAPS as a silver bullet because there are a lot of other things that need to change or that needs to improve on our continent before we see uh, the value. But it's a game changer because it will spur change in a whole lot of different areas. Perhaps is actually designed to help these payment companies to offer you service in a way that you don't have to stress about how your value converts from Naira to dollar, dollar to this, you know. So we want to eliminate the need for, not eliminate, but at least significantly lower uh, any dependence for on any foreign or third-party currencies. Right. Um, normally, as you mentioned before, money will first have to travel from an African country, get out of the continent to to go back to another African country. And naturally, I'll assume that meant some profit for the institutions or the countries Absolutely. in those countries. So do you see any political pushback for PAPS? Because that means some of their revenue that were from African countries will significantly reduce, right? So I try not to dabble into uh, politics. Uh, what I know is that uh, the continent needs to be liberated. The continent needs to take steps to engender its own prosperity. Okay. And uh, again, if you look at it from an efficiency point of view, the current systems are not efficient, okay? And again, a lot of African banks have been struggling with meeting uh, compliance requirements that were not even designed for the African continent. You know, you know the expectations are actually designed more to suit the American continent and uh, the, the, the European continent rather than to suit us. So there are so many areas that were disadvantaged, okay? So for me, as, for us as Africans, we shouldn't be looking at what other people would think. We should focus on what is good for us as Africans, okay? Again, the whole world is integrated. We, uh, there's still room for us to collaborate with the rest of the world, but it has to be, first of all, uh, with the consideration that we will do what is best for Africa first. And when we've done what is best for Africa, then we can still come to the table and agree on ways to collaborate with, uh, 
with the rest of our brothers and sisters outside of the continent. Absolutely. And I was asking because it sounds like a solution like PAPS uh, or solutions that uh, PAPS offer, they're very Pan-Africanist kind of uh, solutions and they sort of sound like they will also um, have a, um, a, a political, obviously, I mean, money settling and money movement is, is also a political game. But I was just asking to understand the kind of pushback that an institution like um, the one you lead might, might have to get all these things done. And I was wondering, um, what kind of structure do you have in place to make sure that what you want to achieve can be achieved? Okay, well, I, I think uh, when we were designing parts, uh, we, we set a few what we call design principles. Let me sh share just three out of the many design principles. One was that uh, it must be founded on a very solid legal basis. Okay. The second one is that it must enjoy the endorsement of key African institutions. Okay. And the third one is that there needs to be significant support for settlement finality to always take place on these transactions. Now, for I've already spoken to the solid legal basis in the fact, in the sense that these countries who are members of our Frexin Bank had enshrined it in the establishment agreement of our Frexin Bank. They've signed and ratified. Okay, so sort of it's a treaty among countries. Now what uh, the second part I talked about in terms of support, we have the support of African leaders uh, at the Extraordinary Assembly of Heads of State in uh, 2019. They formally gave their endorsement to PAPS and more or less mandated Afrexin Bank working with the after secretariat to make sure that this is fast-tracked and put in place. Uh, they committed themselves to PAPS in 2020, uh, December, when they met again. And in the last uh, AU uh, Assembly, Ordinary Assembly, uh, the 35th uh, Ordinary Assembly in uh, Addis Ababa, they once again more or less mandated that all central banks will have to join. Now, there are very few times when you find Africans speaking in so much unison to say that, look, this is what we want. This is good for our continent, okay? And I think uh, once Africans realize that our own prosperity as a, as a people is tied to how well we work together and some of these initiatives that we drive as a continent, then that's the better for the continent. So I think that as far as the central banks, the governments of Africa are working together, there's nothing anybody can do about it. We're acting in our own self-interest. So we have significant support, you know, from uh, the critical institutions on the continent, okay? And as far as we continue to enjoy those support, we will certainly succeed at putting this infrastructure in place. There is also, I talked about the fact that we had significant support also from Afrexin Bank, where Afrexin Bank has uh, approved uh, $500 million, which would be more, uh, sort of like funding to support settlement finality. 
And when we scale to the whole of Africa, that value goes up to $3 billion. So that kind of support is difficult to come across, and it can only come from serious conviction that this is what is important for the continent. Looking at everything that you've just said, it sounds like, yes, you do have the support. Yes, we know what PAPS wants to achieve. But really, if I had to ask you just say in a minute to tell me what is the big vision in the event PAPS is working at the optimum capacity it should be working at, what, what should we be able to see? What's your big vision? What you will see is a prosperous continent that trades more with itself than it, than it currently does. Today, Africa trades uh, 85% with the rest of the world and only about between 15 and 18% with itself. We expect to see that uh, within the next five years, we should be heading towards 30%, and that would have significantly reduced the trade with the rest of the world. It, you would begin to see strengthening of African currencies because they are no more that dependent on global third-party currencies. And those uh, third-party currencies, we keep creating demand for those currencies because we use them or the hunger for it that we create continues to strengthen those currencies and weaken ours. We expect to see more businesses thriving in multiple countries. We expect to see uh, tech companies and uh, financial services providers now operating in so many different countries because the burden of how transactions are settled has been lifted off them. We want to see a strengthened financial system who now have built more capacity to support businesses in multiple jurisdictions. We want to begin to see even that small trader who before never thought of selling his wares anywhere outside of his own borders begin to see how markets are opened up for him, you know, in multiple countries. So we expect that PAPS will actually begin to engender prosperity. Individuals, businesses, and uh, governments, they don't eat money. Nobody puts money on the plate and starts eating. They eat, they consume goods and services. And the only way goods and services are consumed is by the trigger of payments. It is only when you pay that trade happens, okay? So the fact of it is that we will begin to see economies of each and every country in Africa begin to get a significant boost and begin to see value which it didn't have all because PAPS has taken root. Thank you so much, Mike. This is such a beautiful story to hear and well-articulated story, but also uh, we, we really note how important it is for us, the, the Africans in general. Thank you for your time. And uh, when we need you again, I hope we'll have a few minutes to come back and tell us how far you've gone with PAPS. Looking forward to it. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Pan-African Review Podcast. You can find it on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can find it on Google, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and so many others. You make sure to follow the Pan-African Review on social media for more updates.